What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toys and Ford. Dan Casper here. Welcome to the Man Cave. Welcome to my Man Cave. Coming up, or I should say, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk Packers. First quarter of the season in the books. We're going to talk about that loss to the Raiders. Lots to, to discuss here. Solely focusing on, on, on the green and gold for, for this one. But before we get to that, we do a little first things first here. And it's kind of uh, maybe some like housekeeping stuff or just kind of an update on, on a couple things here. So one of my goals now is to, for every day that we do a podcast, we're adding a segment. New audio, new content, that sort of stuff. So like Fridays, you know, every Friday is top five plus with Brandon. And so Wednesdays, we're going to do a thing that I call Say It. Now, this is, I got this inspiration when I was thinking of these segments to do, going back to my college days, Jake, John, Julian, Joel. Yeah, I had one point lived in a house, four other guys, and they all had first names started with a J. Anyways, this is where I learned the phrase, say it, and mostly came from, from Jake and such. But essentially, and then I went to the source, you know, it, it's one of those that's hard to explain, but... Went to the source, my buddy Jake, who's my best friend in the world, still talk to, still talk to every day almost. I'm like, what would you define? How would you define the phrase, say it? And as he said, to explain it, it's basically just saying you need to apologize for what you just did or said. Okay? So we'd be idiots in college, do something stupid, or or make a stupid comment, and you just tell the next person to say it. You know, say it. And more times than not, we didn't. So that's kind of the inspiration. It sounds stupid, right? It sounds dumb. But this was also something we came up with in college. So this is the inspiration that I have for this segment on Wednesdays. is is called Say It. So that's that's what you're going to hear coming up here in just, just a second. But the, the Say It is going to be kind of, I, I need to say it for, for myself, okay? So, and anybody who's kind of gotten to know me over the years, you know, I might just kind of blurt out, like, say it, and I get weird looks. Like, it, it's just, it's become so ingrained in my mind, in my brain, that I just say, say it, ran, like, casually, and people have no idea what the hell I am talking about. So, that's, I, I'm going to kind of tell myself to say it here for, for our segment coming up here. Uh, the next thing, Thursdays. So Thursdays, I, I want to do a segment called Tales from the Man Cave. So I, I like telling stories. I like telling the story. So I, and, and, and there's so many good sports stories, history stories out there. So I want to kind of focus on that, doing doing that. And I've dabbled that in that once in a while and, and such. But I'm um, going to do a little bit more uh, of these and, and try to really do it every Thursday and, and such. So um, that's kind of the game plan fridays you know still brandon top five plus we got c-bombs on on wednesdays and and such by the way did i say yeah thursdays is thursdays i'm getting confused on the days this week i don't know why thursdays is stories from the man cave tuesdays is say it wednesdays c-bomb ish and uh kind of doing a little like ai artificial intelligence where we debate uh artificial intelligence and such so um got that and then mondays is coach couch Couch coach. There we go. Couch coach with uh, AA Ron. So there you go. It's I kind of did it backwards there. But you get the gist, right? You get the gist. So let's just get into it. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on here. That's uh, that's your first things first. So, I think I need to say it right now. I think I need to say it because, and I know it's 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 still five games into the to the regular season here. But I was really expecting, and and really hoping that with this Packers offense and with Matt Lafleur. We were going to see a creative, a unique, or a quote-unquote more typical Matt LaFleur offense. And either I need to say it or Matt LaFleur needs to say it. I feel like right now we're not getting that. And we haven't seen it. Now, I get it. It is a... Young team, youngest team in the NFL, incredibly young offense, growing pains galore. We knew that heading into this season. We we knew that. There was going to be ups and downs. There was going to be ebbs and flows. It was going to be a wave. And I think part of it is that we got so excited with that victory over Chicago and how the offense looked. And so we kind of like raised the bar after one game, which we should know better than that. But we did it. But what's really frustrating me, and, and I'm one that's very, I, I, I'm usually a little bit more patient when it comes to like coaches and play calls and schemes and all that. But when I, I found myself watching this, this Raiders game, this Packers Raiders game, and I was just bored watching this offense. Like I didn't have any confidence in it. I was bored in it. They weren't. I felt like at times was it were they handcuffing Jordan Love? Were they not opening up the playbook? Was it you know Matt Lafleur trying to still find his you know foundation, the base? And and I get it. Aaron Jones being out is is a huge loss. But come on, as a, as a as a coach and as a, as a play caller, you got to adapt. You got to adapt. And so you know when we look at this first quarter of of, of the season so far. One of my disappointments has been the offense. And again, I know that we were going to have some inconsistencies. I know that. I I expected that. I th- I figured there was going to be ups and downs. There was going to be waves galore. I, 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 I knew that. I expected that. But what I think is really annoying me or, or frustrating me is... I was still expecting to see a little bit more creativity. I was still expecting to see maybe more, at least more consistent movement uh, amongst the offense. And and I feel like we haven't gotten that yet. And, and I understand injuries factor into that. Aaron Jones not being out there factors into that. But there's just other nuances. Like, for example, Matt LaFleur after the game, you know, talked about Jordan Love's three interceptions. And, you know, we mentioned, you know, first one kind of – he just threw it to the linebacker. And then he said the other two, you know, he gave the opportunity to the receiver. It was 50-50 chance, you know, to the receiver. And I don't know if he meant it this way. But I almost felt like he, he was kind of making an excuse for Jordan Love, saying, well, he gave his receiver a 50-50 shot to, to get that. And, 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 you know, when I heard that and – and I could just be generalizing this. I know that. I understand that. But when I heard that, I'm like – but can't we ask for? Can't we make it easier? 
can we can we make it easier? Can we can we increase those odds? Can we make those a 70, 30, 80, 20? Can we help out the receiver or can't the receiver be a little bit more open? So we're not because it feels like a lot of these balls are 50-50. And that's the one thing I've noticed with Jordan Love too. Like one, he's not afraid to throw in tight coverage where a lot of youngsters maybe are a little apprehensive. He's not afraid to do that, but can we make this a little bit easier? Can't can't the scheme help that out? Can't the scheme, you know, free some of these wide receivers a little bit more? Like I didn't like the whole, well, he's giving them a 50-50 shot. And again, I don't know if he's kind of standing up and and for for love and maybe in an essence he is, but like agreeing with those throws. I just I feel like you could that, that's the purpose of this scheme is to make things easier, playing within the scheme, scheming to get guys open. So I, I didn't like that. And I just, this this offense right now just seems incredibly vanilla. And I think a lot of it is because they don't have a foundation. Aaron Jones is such a crucial factor to this that they probably should have prepared a lot better in the offseason in case something did happen to Aaron Jones. Because it almost reminds me of like, uh, what it have been, 2010? When I remember Mike McCarthy, when Jermichael Finley went down, and this is the thing, Green Bay still won a Super Bowl in 2010, but they game planned like the majority of their offense for Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley, 09, kind of had a breakout year. He goes down with a knee injury against Washington, and everything was kind of, you know, in flux there for a little bit. Wasn't a lot of, you know, good offensive performances, but they adapted, they adjusted. And that's what Green Bay's got to do. That's what Matt LaFleur's got to do. He's got to adapt. He's got to adjust right now. And he just, it looks like a, a an offense that is really, really lost right now. Really lost. And I just, I don't know where they can, can find themselves. Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's this season. I hope they can use this as a, as, as a growing experience, and and I'm and I'm struggling to say this because I'm not one that's all about moral victories all the time. But I do believe that you can learn something from losses. You can learn from the the adversity. You can learn from tough times. I feel like you can do that, and I hope that's something that this offense, this young offense, can continue to grow from, continue to learn, continue to experience the tough times together the adversity together and overcome them together and have six and eventually have success together. But watching that performance, you know, against the Raiders and, and seeing Jordan Love struggling to throw deep or not throwing deep. I just, I, I don't know what this identity is. And I think they're going through an identity crisis right now. And, and I think Aaron Jones being missing time, maybe through a lot of that stuff in, in the chaos. And that's where I thought too, like, okay, if Jones does go down, or, 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 you know, in this instance, you know, he's down, this offense would help pick up the pieces, you know, the, the scheme. You could scheme it to help out. Like, there's other players that can that can pop. You still had all your wide receivers. You still had your tight ends. And I know they're young and inexperienced, but you still had other guys. You know, I know it. I, it's not a fair comparison, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, because he worked under Shanahan. But you look at San Francisco, more established veterans, I understand that. Completely get it. But they took, they're taking 
literally the last pick in a draft. Last pick in a draft. Got a few starts last year. Gave him a starting job this year for a Super Bowl contending team. Last pick of the draft. He looks like an MVP right now. And there was a lot of talk. Is he a system quarterback? System quarterback. Who cares if he's a system quarterback? He's making it work. And it's working with the team. But they can do that. And they can scheme it. And it just seems like every when you watch a 49ers game, it's like, how is that guy open? You know, they got Christian McCaffrey. Yes, they got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, veteran playmakers. That is a huge bonus. Good offensive line. Huge bonus. No doubt. That's why it's not necessarily a fair example. But still, you look at like the 49ers last year, though, too. It's like you start off with Trey Lance, and you had Jimmy G. Then you go to Brock Purdy. They still made the playoffs, and there were still people thinking they could go to the Super Bowl and win it. Literally, the only thing that stopped them from going to a Super Bowl is they ran out of quarterbacks. But that's because of the system. That's because of the scheme. And that's what I want to see from Green Bay. I hope it eventually comes. I hope it eventually comes to where we're seeing this scheme work. Because it's not right now. It's not. Hopefully it does. I think we've got to be patient. I'm guilty of this too. And I and I got to kind of talk myself down here a little bit. I understand that. Totally get it. We got to set the bar down a little bit low. First game, I think, raise it up for a lot of us. We're like, we're already ready to crown Jordan Love. I'm guilty of it too. I'm raising my hand as I'm saying this. I think we've got to lower that back down. Lower it back down. But I also feel like I, I want a little bit more from, from the floor of the play caller. I want a little bit more from that. And I want to see this identity. And and you know, we knew that they wanted to establish the They they stuck with it with, with AJ Dillon. Those tough yards from, from AJ Dillon. But I also feel like you're I, I don't know. I just I, I, I honestly feel like it's a very vanilla, plain style of offense that we're seeing right now. And I don't understand that. I want more. I want to see more. Even you know, I expected it again to be up and down and to fail at times, but just give us something. You know, like wow, that was a good play call. Didn't work. You know, he dropped it. He he missed it. Whatever. Something. It just it felt really off in that Raiders game, that offense going up against not a good team, not a good defense who was missing two of their top defensive backs. And you couldn't spread the ball. Romeo Dobbs had one catch for four yards. Something's off. Something's just not clicking. And I know the offensive line, Max Crosby, was, you know, wreaking havoc. But man, that's part, that's part of the beauty of that scheme. That's supposed to be two helping out. I feel like we haven't seen it yet. You know, when I look at this first quarter of the season, if if I were to grade them, if I was to grade this this Packers team overall, it's probably a D plus. You know, I look at uh, I look at the defense. Hey, they stopped the run against the Raiders. They didn't let Josh Jacobs explode yet this season. Very up and down, inconsistent. D. Offense. 
I'll go D plus because we've seen some good moments. We've seen some plays. Very inconsistent, but these, I mean, they've, first of all, got to figure out how to start faster. They, they're doing a good job coming out, of the third, coming out of the third quarter and putting up points, but you can't continue to dig yourself into holes because you're not an offense. You're not an offense that's built to overcome big obstacles. So I'm, I'm, I'm hovering around a D plus D. Special teams, we haven't seen any of the returns, but what kind of saves them? I'm, I'm giving special teams like a C, C minus because of Anders Carlson. Because that guy, I thought was gonna, I thought that was gonna be an up and down. You know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, crossing your fingers, hoping that he's gonna hit this kick, and he's been awesome. Knock on wood, it continues. And that's kind of what's you know makes maybe gets this whole thing as a, as a D plus. Coaching is is to me a D right now too. Offense and defense. But I don't know. I'm very. I'm a Matt. I want Matt Lafleur to succeed, and I'm not saying he should be fired. And I don't think he will be. Anybody who's calling for his job right now, he's not getting fired. He's going to finish out the season. He's going to be the coach next year. Okay. Sorry to burst your bubble. That's going to happen. But I want to see. I want to see a foundation from this offense. I want to see. I want to see this offense start to click, start to figure it out. Starting to figure it out. Starting to gel here a little bit. Maybe having Aaron Jones back, it will. But they've got to prepare better for if Aaron jo- if a guy like Aaron Jones is going to miss time. Got to do a better job at that. So, say it. I think I need to say it because I went into this season expecting this offense to look a little like a 49ers offense where they're spreading the ball and they're motioning and and, and they're doing all this stuff. And we've seen a little bit here and there. But not enough, in my opinion. Not not Obviously not to the level of the 49ers because that would just be ridiculous to expect it at that, at that level at this point in time, at this year. But I, I, I think I need to say say it to myself because maybe I just had a little too high expectation in in the first year. Maybe. Or maybe Matt LaFleur needs to say it too. I'm a, I'm a little hard. I'm, I know I'm a little critical or maybe a little too, too critical of Matt LaFleur right now. But I think that should say something too because I'm very patient. I'm usually very patient on coaches. But it's just it's Joe Barry's been frustrating me. And now Matt LaFleur, a guy who I I think has the ability to be a very good play caller and, and coach and players respect him. But sometimes I just feel like it gets to a point where maybe you're overthinking it, getting too cute, or not being aggressive enough, or just maybe sometimes not being creative enough too. I don't know. I want it to work for Matt LaFleur. I really do. And I hope it does. And I think it still can. And maybe it's just got to lower that bar just a little bit more. And that's my fault. So I got to say it. I got to say it. So, all right. We're going to take a quick break. And then another new segment we're going to do. I like to be a little detective. I'm going to play a little detective here. 
But moving to baseball, going to go to uh, the Brewers, Craig Council, Matt Arnold. As we're recording this, Brewers general manager hosting his season-ending press conference. What did he have to say about Craig Council? And we'll play a little detective to wrap up this episode of the podcast after these quick words. Shoppers, listen up. Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars, they're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of driving with the best your keyword or the password by the way for this episode of the man cave podcast is going to be drum roll please let's go ahead and go with jake j-a-k-e in honor of who jake my good my good friend my best friend in the world for helping kind of uh, inspire that say it segment so go to sportstalk1051.com find the the man cave podcast page enter the keyword in there more keywords you enter from the new episodes the more points you're going to get prizes events experiences all that good stuff otherwise you can text the word cave to 715-830-1912 and uh enter uh, then that'll automatically get you a text with a link to enter that uh, keyword into into the the website. Again, that keyword is Jake J A K E. So I like to play detective once in a while. I've got this personality. Some people may say it's an issue with me. You'd probably both be right, but I, I like to try to figure out things. I like to solve mysteries. I like to try to figure out what people are thinking or what they're going to do or what does this mean. And and I honestly, I kind of wish I had that a little bit when I was in school. Maybe I would have been a little bit better student and and such. But I like to try to figure out problems or or the world's greatest mysteries. That's that's probably the best way to put it. So we still don't know what Craig Council is going to do. Matt Arnold, literally as I'm recording this, is doing his end-of-the-season presser with with the Brewers media. And uh, Matt Arnold said he uh, doesn't really have a, a timeline on Craig's uh, Craig Council's decision. He's not putting a timetable on it. He said uh, he's our top choice here for sure. I want to respect Craig. I want to respect the time he's put into the franchise and the opportunity he has in front of him. I want what's best for Craig first and foremost, and I want that to be here with the Brewers. Uh, also said that uh, they are in regular contact with him, regular conversation with him. So let's play a little detective here. I don't know if I've ever actually made a prediction or or what I thought Craig Council was going to do or what I think he's going to do. So let's look at the facts here first. Facts. He's got 
two sons who play college baseball, Minnesota, Michigan. He's got a couple kids in high school. He's a Whitefish Bay native. He is a manager that makes his year-round home uh, where his job is. A lot of these managers, you know, they might go to a different area, especially Midwest managers, might off-season California, Florida. Uh, not player-wise, manager-wise, they not a lot of them make their year-round home, you know, kind of where, where Craig Council is right now. You know, it might, it's different in other sports. I know, you know, maybe, uh, you know, like Matt LaFleur and such, year-round home, kids. It depends on if you got young kids in that, too. There's no doubt about it. That, that factors into it. So, but Craig Council is one of those managers that makes his year-round home where, where he manages. Even in winter, doesn't go south like, like the birds and such. You know what I mean? So those are the facts. He's got kids. A lot of them, or a couple of his boys played in the Northwoods League. He's able to, to maybe catch some games during the All-Star break if he's not managing an All-Star team. He's able to do that with the Northwoods League. Wisconsin, the last I checked, the map is right between Michigan and Minnesota, where his two, guys, or where his two sons play. Positives, right? Those would all indicate staying with the Brewers, managing with the Brewers. But are also facts. Brewers manage under a budget. They don't have as big of a payroll as some other teams. Who's got a big payroll? The Mets. Who's the Mets' new general manager? Or I should say president of baseball operations, David Stearns, who was with Milwaukee under Craig Council. Now David Stearns did not hire Craig Council. That was a... That was Doug Melvin. So, but from all intents purposes, David Stearns, Craig Council, had a good relationship. David Stearns has seen firsthand the type of manager Craig Council is. And let's assume that the Mets could probably offer Craig Council more money. But here's another fact. Is it cheaper to live in New York or Wisconsin? Well, it's going to be Wisconsin. Legacy, well... Probably pretty good in both of them, but, I mean, he's a Wisconsin kid in Wisconsin. But if you win a World Series with the Mets, I mean, you're going to be beloved over there too. So, you know, factor that in. There's 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 positives and negatives to every situation, to every dot we're pointing. And, and honestly, I'm it's either the Brewers or the Mets. Let, we're just kind of making that comparison here. Brewers or Mets? I think... Now, this is just me. If I was in his position, I would think that I would be intrigued with the Mets, no doubt about it, because you'd, you're you going from a, a team that operates within a budget to a team that wants to win so bad that they will write blank checks. They would do that. Do you want to you know, uproot your family? Do you want to go over to, to the Mets in a brand-new situation? A little bit higher expectations, a little bit more pressure. As a competitor, though, that probably doesn't deter you too much. Craig Council's got a little bit more leeway in Milwaukee, a little bit more staying power. So when we look at all these facts, when we bring these facts to the case, I honestly feel like Craig Council, if he manages next year, it will be in Milwaukee. When I look at the facts of the case, when I look at the positives and the negatives, my determination, my prediction, my detective skills tell me if he manages, it'll be in Milwaukee. But notice the key word I said there, if. If. Because I would not be surprised is if maybe Craig Council moves to a front office role, 
takes some time off, takes a year off. You know, if he takes a year off, would he be welcomed back to to the Brewers? You know, would, would Pat Murphy fill in for a year? You know, what other manager would kind of want to come in just for a year? Craig Council holds the cards. But when I look at this, when, when everything's presented to me, the evidence tells me Craig Council will be in Milwaukee, staying in Milwaukee, or retire. Milwaukee in some sort of fashion, or he's taking some time off. I don't see him with the Mets. I don't see him with a different organization. I just It doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, big thanks. Be a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, take it on the go. Download it. Listen to your car, your workout, wherever, Man Cave, wherever you're at. Uh, while you're there listening on your favorite podcasting platform like a Spotify or an Apple, give it a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast too. But again, big thanks for joining me in the Man Cave. And uh, until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.